Good morning, and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel. We're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. So swing by if you can, or you can phone in to join us at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. Or you can text us at 217-351-5357. We have our experts standing by. Today they include Mr. John Weisgard. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, John and Mr. Steve Brown. Hey there, Tamara. How are you? I'm doing very well. Wonderful. We missed you last week. but uh, I missed you too. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I was gone. Where was I guess I, I was. Not, I, I was out of town working. <laughs> well, you were gone. Sorry, I was gone too. Yeah, but that's okay. I hope you enjoyed. I, I heard it was one of the best shows of the year. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. say so. Yeah, uh-huh. probably. I but it was so. all because Sharon Herb. You know, contributed. Well, well, Sharon and Marianne together. Oh, yeah. 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 Winning combination. Nice laughter. Mm -hmm. It was uh, the girls' club last week. It was, I guess. I didn't even think about it like that. Um, But, yeah, and we were discussing um, the, uh, you know, the surprise seeds in the planter bed at work where Mm -hmm. they were guessing what it was. And we'll see last week. Well, I guess I'm thinking of some different garden beds. One was growing really well. And just across the sidewalk, the pavement, then the other, everything planted, everything treated the same way, was minuscule compared to the other side. And so it ended up being, they both thought that it was uh, because of the soil. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Karen missed it, but fortunately, uh, apparently, we have Katie in Wisconsin who listens all the time. And Katie was able to get a hold of Karen and let Karen know that it was probably the soil. So I just want to throw out a hi to Katie real quick. <laughs> so are you guys going to improve the quality of the soil on that one side? Well, see, Or just not worry I, about it? Well, if we owned the building and we weren't going to move, then yes. But since we're leasing it and only for a short time because we want to move to another building that we own, then no, we're going to mess with it. <laughs> so you're not going to spend 10 bucks on some compost? And, That's uh, all it would and, take. And it wouldn't a take little that bit much. A little bit of time. and uh, It's not that big of a space, is it? No, not at all. Oh. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I think it's worth the money. Seem, seems to me that uh, you guys could make that uh, effort. Just a little bit of compost. Yeah. Uh, charge us $10 more for the show this next month, and there you go. Okay. <laughs> It's all taken care of. <laughs> Done deal. I'm glad you're willing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then you have to lower it after that. But if you're going to do it for one month, if that's what's going to get you to uh, Is that it? have a better gardening life. You just give me the compost. We're in. <laughs> okay. I'll, Save some I'll, paperwork. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> okay. That's okay. So, John, it. So I, heard, I heard we have houseplants on sale 25% off through Monday. So we just do. three more days. Well, I it was like a whole, what? you know, semi-truck full And, and it's like Friday. you brought a semi-truck load of samples here for us to see. Yeah. I mean, the selection is just unbelievable. It's incredible. All the, the different textures and styles. And you think, I think houseplants, and I just think green. And Oh, no. Not at all. No. Uh-uh. Well, and what's so cool is, you know, everybody, or most people know what a philodendron is. Or we know that as a as a common house plant, but the diversity of the of that that whole uh, genus is just like there's just like hundreds and hundreds of them. I mean, I mean, back in the old day, you might have had two or three types of philodendrons commonly available, and that was yeah. about it. Yeah. And now there's, I bet you, we have probably fifteen. 
good yeah. on varieties, if not more, of just philodendrons. Yeah. It's yeah. just unbelievable. What's the uh, variety of the the regular philodendron cordata? Oh, but it's not cordata. Fl- I think that one's Brazil. Yeah. I think there's a little stripe in a, in a few a of them. A little stripe in the, the, the thickness of the leaf is just enough different. Is that the one that's almost kind of matte? Almost has a matte finish. Yeah, it's kind of a it deep, does. lustrous, a little bit more of a jade green color, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, and you're getting your money's worth with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's what, 20 bucks it's, and then 25% off. Yeah. And the and trailers on it are what, four feet? At almost? least four feet. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. It's really cool. And Everybody walks over to those and they just are in awe and they kind of like walk through them and then. And mm-hmm. what would what's neat about that one? You could use it. It's in a hanging basket right now. You could leave it in a hanging basket, or you could transplant it into a pot and put a pole or vine support, and then tie it up along that, and then have it be an upright plant instead. Oh, and so yeah, sure. you're not limited to using it just as a hanging basket. So I wouldn't walk by that and say, "Well, I don't have a place to hang that." Well, you don't need to. No. First off, it could be an upright pot, and this should be on a plant stand too. Absolutely, on a stand would be a great s- spot to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like my grandmother that used to have the one that uh, grew up the the and across the curtain rod across the picture window and then back down. You know, cool. <laughs> I was very in awe of that when I was a kid. I'm sure you were. I was just like, what? Couldn't close those drapes, could you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Didn't need to. The philodendron was a drape. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. And you've got the uh, some monstera. Oh my gosh, the the monstera is like just the hottest thing too right now but you see how what happens with it oh that's the monster it has the giant leaves and then they start to to serrate yeah and so that's natural it's not that Mm -hmm. uh you know it's been abused at all or no it's like something like like a like a coconut palm where the leaf when it comes out it's just you know like two fingers or something like that and then as it matures and especially on something like that with the wind and and then it just splits up, so it has a traditional palm leaf. But yeah, just because they emerge one way doesn't mean they stay. That oh way. my gosh! And and monstera means it gets large. Okay. <laughs> some of the some of the leaves can be at least you know eighteen inches themselves. Really? Yeah. And then it starts to climb and and put out big roots, and it's pretty cool. And so, as a house plant, how tall? Will it eventually get is it indoors? It's going to be a very a lot with the environment so yeah. much. I yeah. mean, you'd have to have just the right environment and have it around for a long time for it to get to that three or four feet yeah. size kind yeah. of thing. Okay. But I think, okay. you know, 24 to 36 inches is reasonable mm-hmm. Nice in a nice environment. Yeah. And, and would require probably some type of support eventually as it aged. Okay. Pretty cool, and then of course the then this one is also philodendron. It's called Deja Vu, but it's got a totally different leaf. It really does. It's I would kind not of have a, guessed that. Uh, it's arrow, a plant. Uh, like a like an arrow almost. Yes, it is. Yeah, or like yeah, an arrowhead. And then Birkin, B R I K I N, is totally different too. I love the variegation on some of the leaves. That's just like a, a whitish yellow. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty diverse. Uh huh. The pink right there, uh, right by your hand. What is that? This is aglonema, aglonema. or Chinese evergreen. Okay. And does it stay that pinkish color? 
throughout. That's the color. Yep. Yep. That's and then again, that's this one is also in the same family. Really? And yet, yeah, again, a matte finish, but large and green. Silvery green. S- silver green in the middle, but then a little splotches of darker green and edged with the darker green. Uh, and, and they're the same plant. Okay, I guess I can see it now as I, as I compare the leaf shapes. Same genus. But boy, would those look beautiful in a planter together. Yeah. Well, and what's great about these, uh, as well as the philodendron, they can tolerate a little bit lower light levels if you don't have a really bright home. Okay. That's nice. Especially in the winter time. Yeah. It can be hard to get that sunlight. And then the less light, the less water. Oh, okay. Because these guys, if you want to over, these can be overwatered really, really easy. So and that's probably what, Steve, the most common oh, thing far. that happens by to far. houseplants. By far. And, you know, whether it's too often or whether it's allowed to sit in saucers that hold water mm. and the roots never really dry up at all. Mm. So, yeah, you have to be very careful of that. And you yeah. have a, the other the category that's been really hot here the last year and, and difficult to get the hands on is, are things in the Hoya genus, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you have... Decent selection, maybe four or five, six varieties. Four or five different ones, yeah. Which is really hard to get your hands on yeah. right now. Sorry, I didn't bring one of those. Oh, okay. But um, I'm looking at all the. It's plants. worth mentioning because <laughs> yeah. you have some of the variegata, some of the carnosa. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, both of those guys. Yep. So yep. that would be pretty hot, and then you got some really neat pileas too. Uh, some red stem and red stem is this great little silvery leaf but then you see it has the red stem dainty little almost clovers just because the so it looks like a silver baby tears yeah baby tears that's a good analogy and then the boy the red stems then really really pop behind the uh, the matte finish of the pretty green and then this one is in the same as also pilea no yeah they look completely different yeah, but kind of the same coloration. The, uh, so this one is like, yeah, small and cascading. And that one is much larger, mar- larger, not cascading, has more purplish and white variegated leaves. And then the underside of the leaf and is where you get leaves. a lot of your color, too. Oh. Oh, that's beautiful. So. Like a, a rusty red on the bottom side of the leaves. So, John, I know you like to incorporate houseplants in your planters outdoors. I know Marion likes to do that a lot, too. I love it. For shady spots. So, you know, you could, if you bought these, you could enjoy them indoors. Or if you put them outside at this point in time, I don't know if I'd bother putting them in a planter, but I could see enjoying them on a porch or a patio, someplace where they're getting bright and direct light or maybe a little bit of early morning filtered sun kind of stuff, but not hot, intense sun. So you could enjoy them outside for another four to six weeks or something like that if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. That's and then, then bring them inside before it gets a little bit too cold out. Yep. And then just say, hey, you're going to be inside during the winter. And then you could transition back outside if you wanted to next spring yeah. around yeah. Mother's Day. Okay. Or just bring it inside and it stays inside. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Alan's calling in from Urbana. So let's go to the phones and chat with him for a minute. Hey, good morning, Alan. Good morning, Alan. Are you there? 
There we Maybe go. We... Now they got me on. Oh, there we go. Hey, how are you this morning? Good. How about yourself? We're doing really well, thanks. Great, thanks. Good. Um, two things. First, I've had uh, June-bearing strawberries for many, many years, 20 years or more. And this year, for the first time, like three weeks ago, they bloomed a second time. Is that due to the weather or what? I've never seen that before. That would be about the only thing I could throw out there, Alan, to be honest with you. Just sometimes when you have goofy weather and goofy from a rainfall standpoint, from a temperature fluctuation standpoint, something like that, it triggers things. And um, I guess that makes more sense to me than just anything else, yeah. Like I say, I've never seen it before. Um, did you set berries? Was, pardon me? Did the plants set berries then too? They did, yeah. Flowered and, uh, yeah. Are you going to leave them on and try and enjoy them, or are you going to take them off? No, I mean, I enjoyed them. They're, they're done now. <laughs> <laughs> good good deal. That's great. Um, yeah. Um, the second thing I'm calling about is I got butternut squash, and I've noticed that, Many of the butternuts, they'll get about half an inch to an inch long, and then they'll turn yellow and fall off. I did some research, and I guess that's because they have not gotten pollinated correctly. And so they said you could manually pollinate them, get a brush and go to the male flowers, and then brush it on the female flowers. My question is, how much of the pollen do I need to put on the female one? Is it a very little bit or as much as I can get on there? Or I think just, just tiny, tiny. Yeah, I think just minimal. So if you, you, know, if you, if you had to figure that it was going to happen either with an insect or some wind naturally, you know, it's not going to take much at all to do the job. Okay, very good. So so one one male one could pollinate five or six. Mul- yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you might go from the male to a female and go back to the male and go to a different female flower, yeah. Okay. As opposed to just doing it once and then trying to spread it out. Okay. And is it very easy to see? I mean, is it yellow-colored when you get it on your brush or whatever, or is it difficult I, to see? John was going to say something you there. Should, you should be able to, to tell that it's on there, yes. Okay. I'd, I'd be lying if I would say that my eyes could always necessarily see it. Probably would depend upon how intense the light level was. If the light level was yeah. middle of the day, I may not see it as well if it's super bright as if it would be in the morning or later in the afternoon. Okay. Okay. And, and, and the, I, again, I just noticed this recently, but the flowers come on before you can see very much of the actual fruit or vegetable developing, correct? And sometimes that's uh, due to excessive heat that you don't get some pollination. Okay. Have you noticed many pollinators, any many pollinating insects in your garden this summer, um, Alan? I haven't paid a whole lot of attention, but yeah, I mean we've got a lot of bigger bees. I wouldn't say we have honeybees, but I know we got you know like bigger bumblebees or whatever that that are around. And I don't know if you have uh, room next year or not, but if you could specifically plant some more uh, flowering plants that would attract more pollinators, it might be a consideration to do next year just to help improve the pollination in the garden in a, gen- in a general sense. Um, which, one do you, which, which one? Oh, gosh. Well, my new favorites are a couple that Rena, who is our bee expert, uh, 
gave us. She uh, dropped off some tithonia, which takes up quite a bit of space, and then also some um, cosmos. That um, was a yellow and orange one, and those are my new favorite pollinators. But I like to just have even basil and let it go to flower uh, for attracting them. Sure. Um, the zinnias I've zinnias got have been great. fantastic um, for pollinators. Um, mint, if you can tolerate having it in your garden or if you can contain it, uh, just let it go to flower. It uh, really attracts a lot of them, too. Um, okay. There's just just a long list of things you could do. I think I'd probably consider things that maybe I could either use or if I don't want to use them as a cut or as an herb, it's things that are going to work size-wise for me. Uh, but the Tithonia, the Mexican sunflower, is just an incredible orange flower. And this Cosmos Bright Light series is really neat. But both plants get big. I mean, they're going to be in that four feet by four foot range. So they'll take up a big chunk of the space. But if you have the luxury of having that space and you can put them in there, they're just spectacular flowering all summer long. So do they and if you have... Year or do you have to- You'd have to replant them, and you may get the cosmos to reseed, but you may also not. But it's easy to buy seed, a packet of seed, and just grow them from that. And you can start them inside, or you could just go go ahead and direct sow them outside once it's warm enough. Okay. Real good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. 3569397 is our phone number, or you can even text us at 351-5357. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. So I see some. Are these succulents that you have put on the table? They yes, are. they ah, are. Yay me! Good for you. <laughs> the the flat one, the Echeveria. The one closest to me. Closest to you. Oh, okay. Uh, the other one is Jade, which you hear about a lot. That's Jade. That's Jade. It almost looks like a baby rubber tree plant or something. Uh, and then the, um, and then what are the, like the, is that baby tears? Or string little of pearls. Or string of pearls. Those are beautiful. And we got a fair amount of that in, right? We do. We and do. I like they're in the smaller containers because you could do like a little tabletop yeah. uh, container, uh, planter setting. And the string of pearls has been one of the hottest things too the last four to six months. Oh my gosh, yeah. Really? Crazy. Yep. yep. So cool. really, you know, Susan and Marianne and John just did a great job, Linda, of just selecting a bunch of really cool things. And so another truck. And again, the house plants are 25% off through Monday. And again, and again you're not going to find a better selection in the Midwest than what we've got. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. And fresh. Fresh uh, they off are the truck. Fresh. They are fresh. Yeah, for sure. So what you got going outside, Mr. Weisgarver? You got a few uh, plants in out there in the big greenhouse or <laughs> a what? A few. Yep. So yep. Mums are well represented, right? Chrysanthemums. Uh, we still have a great selection of perennials. Echinacea, uh, coneflower, 25% off on those. A lot of, lot of uh, still a lot of great uh, selection of, oh, Ornamental grasses. 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 But, yeah, what did we get? We just got the... Some ornamental of the peppers. You love those. I do. They're beautiful. <laughs> and they're in such various sizes. It's so cool. And then you can have some that really pop with bright colors, reds and, and oranges and purples. Or you can, you've can you got some that are a little more subtle that have whites and purples. And, uh, 
She does love those. Some of them are so big. They look like those big, fat Christmas lights from, like, Charlie (laughs) Brown's tree or something. That's what these peppers look like. And just to do, like, a mixed of the various peppers that you have out there. Yeah. It looks so cool. Speaking of peppers, we did get in some of the, the fall crop veggies. You did. Cauliflower, broccoli, kale. Kohlrabi. Um, some lettuce, a couple of different varieties of lettuce yep. on that. Yep. Um, excellent. They're in four inch pots out there. They're one ninety nine. Um, got to get mine on the ground this weekend. Some great starts to get going. So if you want that, and if you are still wanting to sow some seed, better get on it for fall gardening. I mean, you really want to do it and maybe take a close look at the package to make sure you have enough time between now and harvest uh, yeah. before you get a frost plus the declining daylight but at this at this time you could still s- do some fall crops from seed yeah you could do spinach and lettuce and radishes really? and turnips and quite a few things um still but again i'd start to take a look close look at the package and if it's going to be pushing 80 days or something like that you may not have enough time you might be pushing unless you have it, a yeah. cold frame okay kind yeah. of stuff but yeah get on that and again if you want the plants all ready to go like john mentioned cabbage cauliflower broccoli kind of stuff we've got the plants ready to go right now and you'd have plenty of time if you get those in the ground here in the next week or two yep uh, to get a good crop that's great Soils, soil t- is warm enough they're just going to take right off okay yeah. Roots spreading and everything. So then, how long do you think it would take before a uh, harvest could be done? For for well, let, let's go with the cauliflower, for instance. Cauliflower is probably plant starter. probably uh, I I don't know exactly, but it's probably around sixty days. That's wow, that's wow, that's that's yeah. great. <laughs> no, I th- I think I think you'll be harvesting by mid to late October. Oh, how fun! Yeah. Okay, good. So there's all kinds of things to do out there right now. I also saw yep. a lot of herbs out there. We have some herbs. Yep. Cilantro and basil and rosemary. Rosemary. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yep. the gardening continues. It does. And great selection still of uh, deciduous shrubs or flowering shrubs. I knew you uh, All I was on for, that. for 25% off. Which includes... Shrub roses. Right? Are you excited about that? I'm very excited. I've been waiting. The knockouts. <laughs> waiting yeah. and waiting and waiting all season. <laughs> okay, well, oh, go wait, wait no more. Yay. So it's time. It is time. And, you know, back to some of the fall color with the mums and stuff like that. The asters, probably some of the nicest wow. asters we'll have all season. They're looking really in great. nine-inch pots. Mm. Yeah. They're like nine ninety nine. They're just Huge. I mean, the plants themselves are probably about 15 inches across in diameter. Yep. Wow. Just stunning. You get that fresh pop of some color. Mm-hmm. I love that, all those purple tones that come in. Yeah. Who doesn't love purple in a garden? Yeah, I don't know. Who doesn't? Or, yeah, I'm, it just pops. It makes, it makes everything else pop, too. Anything else happening out in Gardenville? Many, any specific questions that are the big questions for people this week? So not a lot of, of questions other than uh, what can I what can I do with my hanging baskets when it's so hot to try and keep up with the watering? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think sometimes uh, just physically moving them out of the sun for a few hours is. A great practice. I bet they, they 
do they tend to get dried out more because their bottoms are a little more exposed? Well, they're, yeah, they're up in the air, and there's okay. very little soil mass in those. Yeah. And so, you know, the watering is crucial. Yeah. So, yeah, just dropping it down. Taking and I it think that's a good idea, just if you if you can during these really intense periods of heat, just go ahead and see if you could relocate it to a different place where it gets a little bit of sun if that's a sunny plant, assuming it is, but just not for 14 hours a day. Yeah. 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 So if you can do that, that'd be awesome. If you could, even if, it, like you said, if it's for a couple, three hours, if you have that luxury to yeah. get them out of the heat of the middle of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you also, didn't have the luxury to do that, um, obviously staying on top of the watering is going to yep. be the biggest thing. You probably have to water first thing in the morning, and yep. you may have to find yourself watering at noon or 1 or 2 o'clock yeah. again. Yeah, last week Sus yeah. Or, uh, Sharon said that she's been watering twice a day. Um, it's a little bit harder depending upon the type of plant, but um, you could consider trying to incorporate some shredded bark or some mulch on top of the soil. You might have to kind of wash yeah. it in or filter it in a little bit uh, through the plant, depending upon how thick it is. But having that layer of mulch is, will provide some forgiveness, too. Okay. And if you if you fill up the volume of the pot, uh, you know, usually you have about a half inch or an inch to collect some water. And if, you f if that gets filled up because of the mulch, you'll have to change your watering habits a little bit more and water a little bit more slowly because you won't have that ability to accumulate and then have it settle in. Uh, but uh, yeah. you can easily work around that. And then the benefits are going to be keeping the soil a little bit cooler, but just keeping the evaporation down big time. Yeah. So that'll make a difference. Nice. I've had multiple people this week wanting to do pruning. Well, it's it's one of those, is it really too well, late? Trees and shrubs especially. Almost too late. Overgrown, or it is too overgrown late. shrubs. I wouldn't do it. That was my advice. I would, I really? would wait. Well, yeah, because you're going to redirect the plant's energy. You're going to put on new growth. That new growth may not slow down and harden off going into the winter. So we would not recommend it. Usually as you get close to late late August to uh, Labor Day. See, I'm yeah, just I, thinking yeah. it's still August. It's still summer. It yeah. isn't, yeah, it isn't Labor Day yet. I probably wouldn't do it past late July, 1st yeah. of August. It's Realistically, yeah, okay. it'd be about the latest. And that's on, assuming it's on something that you're not going to be cutting off potential flowers. So if it's really just strictly for, next, for the health yeah. of the plant, can I do this or not do this? Okay. I wouldn't. Or I'm tired of bumping into this no. branch and having to duck yeah. under it. Okay. Well, you know, it's like, oh, my my viburnum, I haven't touched it for five years, and now it's, you know, 12 feet tall, and I want it to be, you know, eight feet tall. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's not the kind of thing you're going to do now. It isn't? No. You shouldn't. Okay. You shouldn't. Okay. That would yeah. be better off right after it gets flower done flowering next spring. Yep. For that particular type of plant. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it does take off, doesn't it, viburnum? But the light, the white blooms that they have in the summer, in the, well, is it springtime? Summer? It's spring. It's spring. Yeah. Are beautiful. And then you usually get some great berries. Yeah. That's true. And a good fall color. Mm-hmm. 356-9397 is our phone number, or you can text us at 351-5357 for Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. So we what have you been doing at home this week? Working in the garden? Clean up. Veggies? Harvesting? Haven't, haven't been around it too much. Watering. Uh, watering. Uh, 
in a little bit of time. But again, getting some fall planting done for the vegetable garden is on the docket first and foremost. And just harvesting and cleaning yeah. up in as, as uh, certain plants, you know, if it's a cucumber or if it's a melon and the foliage is crapped out enough, maybe just sand out of there. It's, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. You know, just trying to get the garden cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. So I'm having a lot of this time of year it happens when it starts to get dry and hostas are always at levels where uh, I don't like it when it's so dry so they start to so I'm always in constantly pulling you know cutting off the blooms spit blooms and the yellow leaves so that's good yep helps well not only the appearance mostly it's for aesthetics yeah for me really it's just bothering him yeah (laughs) <laughs> I understand that. And so watering. Yeah. And probably watching and dodging mosquitoes again. Mm, bad. All of a sudden. Bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the next big round of that. So yeah. if it stays as hot and dry, that, that'll that go away here. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back yeah. to the phone lines at 3569397 and talk to Jim, who's calling in from Champaign. Hey, good morning, Jim. How are you? I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing, doing great. Well. Good, thanks. <laughs> well, my question is, I uh, I have three Miss Kims out front, and they are, I I want to aggressively prune them down because they're as tall as I am, and I, I'm I'm not very tall. I'm five eight, but uh, for a Miss Kim, that's pretty tall. And I don't. I asked my wife, and she said, "Well, if you aggressively prune them, you're going to lose all your blooms next year." Is that Am I just out of luck in terms of trimming them down? Um, Miss Kim, that's a lilac? Uh-huh. Lilac. Yep. Okay. Now, you, know, I, you may not have heard what we were just talking about with um, some major pruning right now, but we wouldn't recommend that you prune really anything right now in a in a major way because you're going to cut it. You're going to probably within two to four weeks start getting quite a bit of new growth and then that new growth may not slow down and harden off going into the winter real well and the plant just in general may not perform and make it through the winter and so i think if you can really make yourself wait till next spring and if you're just super super in a hurry and you don't care about the flowers then go ahead and do it first of march ish and you know just say hey i'm not going to get the flowers this year because i cut them all off that's okay yeah um, or if you want to go ahead and wait till it after it gets unflowering, do it at that point in time. Okay. Well, I was thinking of maybe after a freeze this fall and everything, that would be a bad time to prune, right? I think maybe more than just after a freeze. I'd want the plant to be as I'd close to being dormant really as possible. Totally dormant. Yeah. Okay. I might think so about. That's why you're uh, recommending March, like March first. Yeah, I think yeah. at that point in time, you you can do it. The plant's been through the worst part of the winter, and uh, you'll get lots of new growth. As far have you figured out how far you're going to cut it back? Do you have a plan for that? Well, I was thinking about a foot, which I don't know, because they're 5'8", and I thought, we can't hardly see people, you know, I mean, walking right by the sidewalk. And Anyway, yeah. I, I don't know if a foot is aggressive or not aggressive i wouldn't call that aggressive no i don't think so a general rule you wouldn't want to take more than 25 percent off at a time of the plant's overall growth 
thank you so much. I appreciate it. One more question for you, Jim, on that, if we can. Do you have really just one major trunk or stem coming out of the ground and then it branches just above the ground level, or do you have a number of stems coming out of the ground itself on that plant? Well, we have three three plants. They're all three. One's on one side of our sidewalk and then one's on the other side, and I'm looking at them right now, and there's... uh, it's not just one trunk, it's a, several, or many, like uh, eight or ten. Out of each plant? Out of each plant. And on the oldest, biggest ones, about how big in diameter would you say those are? Uh, I'd say the oldest, biggest one is seven feet in diameter. Uh, how, 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 I'm sorry, the, the stem itself. Uh, oh. Do you think some of those are four or five inches in diameter, or are they smaller, no. like no, a couple small. inches? They're okay. smaller. They're probably maybe an inch, inch and a half, most of them. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'd, unless you see some damage on them, I don't think I'd worry about cutting some of them all the way down to the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was a old-fashioned lilac and you had a larger size stem uh, that wasn't productive, I might consider cutting those all the way down to the ground. That's going to help reduce the height quite a bit just in and of itself. But in your particular case, I think I would just look at it as, like John's saying, maybe in that 25%, maybe a third back in size, and just imagine the shape that you want. And if you're in doubt, take a little extra work. You could always only cut it back about a foot like you were saying before and then take a look at it. And then if you want to take it back another foot or so, that you could probably go ahead and do that at that point in time. Yeah. And then when I do that, I will lose my blooms for 2022 then, right? You'll, okay. you'll lose the blooms on anything that you cut. If you okay. if For some of the lower branches and things, if you didn't trim those, there's a good chance you'll have flowers on those. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I got a plan now. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jim. Bet, Jim. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Have a good morning. Bye-bye. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text 351-5357. Real quick. You know how Miss Kim got its name? It's a Korean lilac categorized by Elwin Meter, who was stationed in Korea as an army horticulturist. And uh, it's supposedly named after his Korean helper, whose name was Kim. Well, there you go. Love yeah. it. Yeah. And thank you. Thanks I, for that. Thanks. I, yeah, just spotted it and I thought, oh, that's cool. Hey, we have another text that says if I have several small succulents on my porch that look great but have no indoor light area for this fall, can I put them in a small greenhouse for the winter? And what heat is necessary? Well, heat-wise, certainly above 50, but uh, I don't know whether they have one at home or what they're talking about. Right. But um, Small greenhouse. And And it would depend upon the variety of succulents that are. Some might tolerate it. In, you know, down in the to 40 or high 30s or 40 Pro- or something like yeah, that. Probably. But, um, I mean, if that's the only option, if there's just no room inside, they can't put a plant light in there to give it the light. Again, most people don't have the luxury of having a greenhouse, if you will. If it's one of those little plastic guys that you unzip and Zip up. put your hands in and stuff like that, I can't fathom there's too much of a chance to make it through the winter in that. I mean, just the fact that you'd be trying to keep that thing warm enough on sub-zero nights possibly and oh. then how hot that little greenhouse could be on a sunny day on the d- during the day yeah it'd get really so hot just that extreme is going to be challenging 
Yeah, I was about to say, even if it's low indoor light, could they do it? But I guess this person does say no indoor light. Well, again, that's where I think I would maybe take my chance with some plant lights and see what I could do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. So another text, I thought bagworms were a bigger threat to evergreens, but I found some on my smoke bushes and my smokers look kind of sick. The leaves are spotted and kind of shriveled. I sprayed for bagworms, but are my smokers a goner? Well, <laughs> it smoke depends bushes. on it depends on whether they're new as far as new bagworms or do they think they're old ones we don't know but uh, i don't think that the it's it's all depends on how intense they are really yeah. uh, what uh first of all i'm trying to think what smoke bushes are cotinus is the genus if you look it up c-o-t-i-n-u-s okay uh, but most commonly you'll see them in a purple leaf um but you can get green ones and there's yellow ones that are out there too. Yeah. And okay. and we don't know for sure if the bagworms are causing the shriveling of the leaves on the on the smoke bush either. Mm-hmm. And they are yeah. they're a, a neat looking plant, but they have more than their share of insect and disease problems that they get. Um, so yeah, it could be a disease, or it could be another insect, or it could be just the heat. Maybe it's an old shrub, and maybe. It needs water, but I wouldn't. You know. I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that it's a goner. No. So I would say, if again, like any plant right now, if you aren't getting a regular rain, if you can give it an inch to two inches of water once a week or every ten days, on a, even on a mature plant like that, yeah, I would do that. Uh, they sprayed for the bagworms, probably, hopefully, either with BT or uh, spinosad. Spinosad, and then uh, then physically remove any of the bags that you see that you can get rid of too, and then. Uh, and the spent just see next spring and see what it le- how it leaves out and now at this point yeah, I, mean, okay, so I think go ahead and do that and or he or she or should or if they're really concerned they could take it to the extension office couldn't they the U of I extension office they could if they want to see if there's uh, another problem they can diagnose besides this person seeing bagworms on it okay i got you but either way you're gonna have to deal with the bagworms yeah and either way you okay. should water the plant that Excellent point. Inch or two yep. inches of water. Okay, good. And physically remove as much as you can. Gotcha. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens, three five six nine three nine seven. Let's go back to the phones. Talk to John, who's calling in from Forsyth. Good morning, John. How can we Hi, help? Good morning. Good morning. Got a couple, Got a question. For last five six years, I noticed this grass that I have now realized is nuts edge, and in looking it up. It can be killed without and be sprayed, which I have done, and I'm I'm just amazed that the nuts edge it doesn't regular herbicide doesn't get it. I have to buy a special nuts edge chemical that is just killing it, you know, just like that. So how is it that why is it what is the deal that the nuts edge chemi- it has to have a special chemical when it's not it's not killed by regular herbicide, and obviously I can kill it with Roundup and kill anything with that. How does that work? Then I have one other quick question. Well, other than the, I can't say specifically for the nutsedge and why that particular chemical, but it obviously uh, you can have selective herbicides that are targeted to kill certain types of plants. Uh, and, you know, and if you want to classify it as a weed, which I would call a nutsedge a weed, but... 
they have produced this chemical, this herbicide that is effective against that, but doesn't kill the bluegrass and the other things like that. Right. It used to be, right. I'd say maybe, that's probably been out for maybe, what, 10, 12 years, John? Yeah, probably. 15 or something like that, where prior to that, you really didn't even have that as an option. It was either uh, spray it with Roundup and kill everything or walk away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just, you yeah. know, people yeah. have done ex- extensive research on certain products, just like we have a specific product or that works on in particular like wild violets and creeping charlie so so people have done over the years certain research that uh certainly certainly it's it's amazing that you can spray something on your your lawn grass that doesn't kill the lawn grass but it kills the weed so okay second question quickly is i've got a large a 13 year old lilac a large lilac bush that is growing up to probably 15 feet high and about eight to ten feet wide. When should I prune that back, or should I prune that back? Should I just? I've never pruned it, and the, you know now I realize you know this thing is really getting there. And I'm thinking, would I be better off getting this pruned back? And when? Uh, next spring would be ideal. And again, if you could make yourself wait, do it after it flowers. And I, I would probably okay. just do a little bit of Google searching on rejuvenating pruning um, common lilacs. But that's where you're going to be taking some of the stems all the way down to the ground, um, some of the old ones gotcha. that are not productive, and that's going to reduce the overall size greatly. And then you might uh, end up cutting some of the uh, medium and smaller stems back in height as well. But taking some of those old big ones out all the way down to the ground is going to be to your advantage because you're going to get rid of some of this old wood that's not productive, and you're going to get rid of some of the wood that's going to be potentially harvesting uh, pests sure. like lilac bores, and then... You just improve the air circulation. It'll improve the air circulation sure. too, but you could get that by cutting out the small ones. But the old the old wood is not giving you too many flowers, and again, that's where the lilac bores and other problems are going to settle in. Hmm. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, you bet. Thank Joel. you. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> Alrighty, hey, uh, another text, real quick. I fertilized my potted plants last Saturday. When should I fertilize again? And that's a good question, I think, because of the stress of the heat. Right. Well, well, first of all, you should always read the package directions, and it will tell you specifically how often. A lot of times, if it's water-soluble, it'll be every two weeks. Uh, secondly, you would never want to fertilize a plant that's dry. Oh. So hydrate it first. Okay. And then... Then come back through. So come back through. And o- odds are, look at the directions, but odds are it'll be next week before you do it again. Yeah. Okay. Couple weeks then. Good to yep. know. Yep. Gosh, there's music. There we Gosh, go. Over. House plant sale, biggest selection in the Midwest, 25% off through, through Monday. Monday. And the shrubs. Shrubs are on sale. Yay. Yay. <laughs> this has been Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with the plant experts. Steve Brown and John Weisgarber. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our on-site producer was Brooke Sholem. Our studio engineer was Dave Leak. We have a podcast of the show available, and it'll be on our website, wdws.com, later today. And you can also find previous podcasts of the show there. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great weekend and enjoy the first football game of the season. Go Illini!